Welcome to the Bringing Her Hope podcast. I'm Bethany Bravery, and I'm thrilled that you are here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend on the podcast to share not only the story that God is writing for her, but the story that God is redeeming in her life. I cannot wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God is calling you to and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the Bringing Her Hope podcast, Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption. Hey friend, do you ever feel the pressures from society and social media and even yourself weighing heavy upon you? Do more, do better, try harder. You know, no matter how well you can fake it, this hustle to act like the model woman, the wife, the mother, and friends, it it leaves us feeling exhausted and unworthy. And that's why I want you to meet my guest, Crystal Stein. She's the author of Holy Hustle and her newest book, Quieting the Shout of Should. She spent years striving to meet those same impossible standards that we talked about, only to realize this struggle was diminishing the woman God made her to be. She shares with us how God has transformed her priorities when she traded guilt and burnout for obedience and worship. Crystal, thanks for coming on the show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Girl, can you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So I live in Pennsylvania. I'm an East Coast girl through and through. Give me a good Philly cheesesteak any day (laughs) of the week. I live in a very small town in Pennsylvania. So think Amish horse and buggies and, you know, my commute to work is basically a traffic jam behind tractors and school buses. And, you know, it is it is small town living at its finest. Um, but I have been born and raised here and my whole family is here. My husband's whole family is here. So, um, you know, if you think about a fun Hallmark movie where, you know, at Halloween, there's like a big group of kids out like trick-or-treating and everybody in the community is like gathered together. That's basically <laughs> what I live in on a I good day. love it. So it's so much fun. I'm married to my high school sweetheart, right? It only gets cheesier. I'm married. <laughs> so um, we've been together for a long time now. I won't admit how long, but um, we have one daughter, Madison. She's eight years old and you know, to take it even a step further, my husband teaches third grade at the elementary school I went to when I was little, and now Aww. our daughter goes there. <laughs> Insert all the awe. So, so sweet. <laughs> right? I know. It's so special. Um, I, it is funny to walk through those hallways, though. I remember those desks being way bigger yes. whenever I was there. Everything seems so small now. But it's such a blessing to be able to be in this town and be surrounded by family, and it's so good for my heart. Um and then on the day-to-day, I work as the communications director for my church, and I'm also an author and a speaker, and I do some freelance work with a ministry organization that helps to offer translated Bible studies in dozens of languages around the world for free so that women can get into God's Word. Mm, so cool. I love that. 
Well, girl, you have a new book out. It's called Quieting the Shout of Should. I love that title. I seriously could not get enough of that title. I really like it. Um, but I am I am just excited with our listeners to be able to hear what was your why behind this book? Um, what caused you, what was the stir in your heart to write this book? I'm so glad you like the title. It's a bit of a tongue twister. So <laughs> it's one of those that I had to really pray about and think about because, you know, one of the first lines in the book says, nobody likes to be should on. Mm. And every time I say that out loud, I really have to go slowly because I did that at church (laughs) on the stage one time. And I had some really strange looks from (laughs) some of our older congregation. I was like, oh, no, I didn't say what you think I said. Um, Although nobody likes that either. But You know, one of the things that God has really been working on redeeming in my story, and the reason that this felt so special to me to be able to write about is I have, for a a very long time, had the privilege of working online and working in social media as a ministry space. But even with that, even with using it for ministry and using it to honor God, I have started to find myself absorbing all of the noise of the world, and it was becoming so hard for me to distinguish between what I thought God was asking me to do and what I was placing expectations on myself to do and what the world was shouting that I should be doing and what other women were doing, and I was looking at women in other similar ministry spaces and just overwhelmed and discouraged by what was happening with other people and their efforts compared to mine. And comparison started to become a really big issue for me. Um, I lost a lot of confidence. I didn't think that God still really had a purpose for me and for my life because it looked like all of my efforts were so small and insignificant compared to what I was seeing other people doing. And living in a small town, I don't have access to so many of the opportunities that a lot of other women in these ministry areas and other authors and other speakers have. And it just felt kind of like everything that the world was shouting at me was telling me to give up and walk away. Mm. And I really, I, I did, I think that um, there's not, it's not a surprise that this year my word for the year is confidence because God is really pulling me back to Him mm. and to what it looks like to have my confidence rooted in Him, that my confidence comes from Him. It's not based in what I do or what I achieve or what title I hold or the number of opportunities I get, but my confidence comes in Him and my hope is in Him, and that as long as I am still here, He has work for me to do. Mm. And it's it really took some some time just spending time with God, honestly, and asking Him, do you still have work for me to do? Mm. Is there still a purpose for me? And really trying to figure out what was it? What was this thing that was keeping me from really embracing the abundant life that I know that Scripture tells me God has for me? I know what God's truth is. I know what His Word is. But why wasn't I experiencing it? And it came down to identifying all of these things that were so noisy in my life that were not from God. And the shoulds that I was carrying around with me, I should have achieved that by now. I should be a better mother. I should be a better friend. Even though I'm an introvert, I should want to have people over to my house all the time because all these people are writing hospitality books. You know, all of these things started to add up and 
I realized that because of all of that, the weight of what I was carrying was keeping me from living in freedom. There was so much that I was trying to do and trying to take hold of that God was saying, listen, less is more. <laughs> like, mm, you know, yeah. a life of less, less less guilt, less shame, less comparison can really lead to more freedom and abundant life and joy. And going through that with him, still going through it, um, you know, this is a lifelong journey for me. This is not an easy 12-step fix-it, you know, by the end of the book sort of process. But it really, it was something I knew I needed to share, and he was asking me to share because this is something that I know friends of mine struggle with Mm -hmm. in my real life, and it's, um, I've gotten hundreds of messages from women around the country who struggle with similar things, and I really just wanted to offer encouragement that, you know, we really can say no to the shoulds that are trying to weigh us down so we can hear God over all of it. Mm. Crystal, who would you say when you were, you know, in the drafting process, who did you picture this book was going to be for? Oh, that's so good. I love that question. I always picture somebody whenever (laughs) I'm writing. And for this one, I was actually thinking of my daughter Mm. and my niece, who's 10 years old. And uh, the book is actually dedicated to to my daughter and all of my nieces and nephews because they're all little. They're Mm. all under 10 years old. And I want to be able to do something for God that has generational impact. And to me, that means reaching out to the women who are raising these kids and changing their lives so that they can impact the next generation to be able to live in a quieter world that that hears God without so many shoulds, that they can tell the difference easier than we can. Mm. For you, what does the balance between work life and mom life and wife life in the midst of doing it all Um, what would you, how do you find that balance when you're trying to, you know, say your best yeses and also be willing to say no to kind of set boundaries? But in addition to that, what also would you say to the stressed out mom that feels overwhelmed? Oh, well, I would say that I'm right there with you Mm. right now. (laughs) You know, I think that balance is such a a tough word for me because I don't think that it exists. Honestly, I think of it more as a constant juggle where you're really just trying to keep the the most important things going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes that means things will be higher up on your priorities and sometimes things will be a little lower, but they're sort of constantly in this rotation. And for me, whenever I'm trying to figure out how to wear all these hats, right, you know, um, we all do so many things. It's really first giving myself grace Mm. to know that I'm not going to ever do any of it perfectly. That is not how we were designed. Only Jesus is perfect. And so to go into anything with the grace, knowing, hey, there's a good chance I might mess this up. There's a good chance I'm not going to live up to someone's expectations. But being able to say, I know who God created me to be and who He calls me takes away so much of the pressure of those expectations of what other people think of me mm-hmm. or my decisions or what I do or don't do for my family and doing what's best for my family in a specific season. As long as I feel confident that God and I are on the same page, 
I'm okay if somebody else disagrees with me or doesn't see my personal life balance the same way that they would maybe do theirs. Mm-hmm. And for the the mom, especially who's feeling very overwhelmed with all of the things to do and all the choices and all the decisions, I would I want to give you a hug <laughs> first of all. <laughs> yes. Um, Especially you know, right now, right? It's like yes, right now. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. Virtual hugs, I get. we'll yes. do it. <laughs> but, you know, just have grace and love for yourself. I think that we tend, especially as women, to try to pour out constantly and give constantly. Mm-hmm. And we forget that we need rest. Amen. And we forget that it is important and essential for us to be rested and connected with God so that we actually can pour out of a full place mm-hmm. and not an empty place. We'll be much more effective once we've been able to rest. So if if you need Jesus in a nap today, you yes. go spend some time with Jesus and take a nap if you can. Take it, <laughs> girl. Exactly. N- nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> no, absolutely so, not. You know, I just... and. Believe that you're not alone. Mm. Just believe that you are not the only one feeling the way you're feeling today. Because we are here with you. We are. We are all here with you. Yep. We are cheering you on. And we're saying, go take that nap if you need to, girl. You're fine. You're released to do it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, So the book encourages us to relinquish the burdens of perfectionism and comparison and jealousy. What does that look like to you, Crystal? Oh, okay. So comparison and jealousy, these are big ones for me. So one of the other fun things about me is that I'm an identical twin. Oh, nice. And Right? Isn't that so fun? Um, We don't have any kind of crazy psychic connection. Like we've (laughs) maybe bought the same sneakers one time, but that's about it. But growing up with somebody who looks exactly like you, sounds exactly like you, there are these weird expectations put on you that, you know, you get lumped together and people assume you like the same things and want to do the same things. And then you're going to be good at the same things. And so I have constantly had this pressure of trying to stand out Mm -hmm. and trying to separate myself from someone else. And, you know, if you care at all about personality types or Enneagram or any of that. Yes. What number are you girl? I need to know. Yes, I'm a three wing four. None I, of this will be surprising to you. I am a, you, I'm a three two. <laughs> once but you get I'm... to know me, you're like, yes, clearly. <laughs> you are like the picture definition of this. That's hilarious. So, you know, like I striving to find that identity, mm-hmm. right? Separate from somebody else, that has always been so big for me. Mm. And it's exhausting. Yeah. It is. It's, you know, I have discovered that spending time truly learning about who God is says I am compared to what the world thinks I should be or who people in my family think I should be or what they think I should do by now. There's so much freedom and joy in embracing exactly who God made you to be that I have found myself being so much more effective for God's kingdom and the work he's called me to do when I can stop looking around and seeing what everybody else is doing and having it hold me back. There's a way to be able to look around for inspiration Mm-hmm. and to cheer one another on, but to try to set a boundary that says, God, when this starts to hold me back, when I start to doubt what I'm doing for you, then that's when I've crossed over from observing and being inspired into comparison and jealousy, and mm-hmm. God, keep me away from that side. You know, tell me when I need to step back. Tell me when I need to quiet those shouts that are 
saying you're not doing good enough. You're not doing, you know, what everybody thinks you should be doing by now. And so it looks like being at peace and having the ability to say yes confidently when God asks you to do something. And honestly, even to hear that he's asking you to do something, um, even if it looks different from what everybody else is doing, even if it's saying no to something everyone else would say yes to, and living completely and fully in that life that he has designed for you specifically, because he has good plans for you and he does not make mistakes about where he puts you, Mm. when he places you there, or who he puts in your path. Mm, Amen. In your book, you you cheer us on to choose small daily steps to refocus our gaze on God. So what does that look like? And what are those small daily steps that we can do to refocus? So one very small daily step that I have taken personally, because this is an ongoing, just lifelong journey for me, is I have partnered with uh, an older woman at my church who has invited me, uh, she's invited to mentor me. And so every day we're going through a study together. We're actually doing the Flourish uh, study. It's a year-long mentoring program. And it's just five minutes a day in Scripture, Mm -hmm. reading through the Psalms, reading through, you know, something simple and just spending a tiny little bit of time with God, but making it a consistent habit. Mm-hmm. So that for me is just one small thing I'm doing because that is actually a really hard habit for me. It's a really hard discipline for me to make sure that I start my day in God's Word. So starting your day in God's Word is one small step you can take. Another one is finding a friend who can help hold you accountable. Maybe you check in once a week, just a text message to see how you're doing. See, you know, say, hey, you know, what what shoulds are you fighting this week? Where are you feeling like you need encouragement? And being able to point one another to Scripture, into God's Word, and not giving advice, not trying to fix it, mm-hmm. but just having that person who can point you to Jesus, I think, is really important. And that doesn't take a lot of time. It just takes a little bit of intentional planning and a quick text message, and I think it makes a big difference. I love that. Um I was getting ready to ask this question, but I think you kind of answered it, but maybe you want to expand upon it. How would you encourage the woman who thinks that she doesn't have enough time? Oftentimes we get up, we have this massive to-do list. We wear, like we talked about, a ton of hats. And we might say to you, Crystal, but what if we don't have time? So what would you say to her? I would say, listen, I understand that Beyonce and I have the same amount of time in our day. However, I do not have a glam squad or anybody trying to do half this work for me. So we have to find the moments where we can. I am a big believer that the time that you dedicate to spend with God does not have to be a specific time of day. Mm -hmm. It does not have to look a specific way. As long as you're spending time with God, it is good. Mm-hmm. So maybe that means on your commute to work, you have your Bible app read scripture to you. Mm. Maybe it means that you listen to a podcast that does it, you know, a Bible study where you can listen and learn that way. Maybe it's taking a few moments before bed to read your Bible and do something if early morning is not going to be where you need to be. You know, I'm not a morning person. I've never been able to get up at 5.30 in the morning. Basically, every time I try to wake up early to do some 
quiet time with God. My daughter thinks it's now time for her to wake up, regardless (laughs) of how early I wake up. So I get that we have a lot going on, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's playing worship music while you get ready in the morning. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, you know, just spending time praying with God as you're putting your makeup on in the morning. You know, find ways to bring God into Mm -hmm. your daily routine Making God a priority is not adding one more thing to our to-do list. He is the main thing. So how do we make our agenda and make our lives kind of work around where He needs to fit in? And how do we make Him a part of each one of the things that we do instead of trying to carve out a specific hour on our planner where it's our time with God? Mm -hmm. I think that you know, there's a lot less pressure than I think to try to make it work or feel like we're starting a habit we can't maintain if we just make him part of our everyday. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. I, I think about too, for me, when especially so unfortunately, I'm a, I am a morning person. But for me, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm sorry. It's like, yeah, I'm the girl that yeah. wakes up at 530. Now I may be I may be asleep, by nine, yeah. but I may be asleep by 930. So I am not like the party girl at night, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was thinking about for me in my life is when it's the first thing that I do in the morning, it sets up my heart to be prepared to parent, to do my job, to have more patience mm-hmm. with people. Um, and I mean, it honors the Lord too. And here's the other thing. it's I don't know how this works. I don't know if this is like some crazy spiritual calculator that God has or something. But on the days when I set that side a time, when I put him first, I feel like my day just goes better. I feel like I'm more efficient. I feel like I'm more creative because I'm giving it all to him. And you think about mm-hmm. Matthew six thirty three, where it says, you know, fix our eyes on him and all these things will be added onto you, you know, give him all mm-hmm. of our first and he will take care of it. And so, yeah, for those of you that are asking, is it worth it? Obviously mm-hmm. a deep relationship and growing your relationship with the Lord, but you'll also see um, just a ripple effect in your heart and the way that you can love people well. So, yeah. Um, oh, so good. I was thinking about one concept that you've mentioned a little bit in your book about finding freedom by embracing all God made you to be. So I know that I want to feel more free and uninhibited. How do we do that, Crystal? Well, I mean, if you happen to figure it out, you can let me know. All right. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I, um, whenever I wrote my first book, Holy Hustle, I had a little section in there where I talked about being weird for Jesus. And I think that sometimes we get caught up in trying to fit into this perfect mold Mm. of, you know, what it looks like to be a mom or what it looks like to be a friend or what it looks like to be a Christian. And God made us all to be able to honor and worship Him and do work for Him in ways that are so uniquely special. I mean, if you think about how incredibly creative God is, it doesn't really make sense that He would make us all to look exactly the same and do exactly the same things in the same way. So once I start to see, you know, we're designed to reflect God, we're made in His image, and if He's creative... What is the creativity he has put in you? What is the creative way that you can live your life? Mm. And I think that when we start to point out the beauty and the unique creativity in one another and invite other women to pull that out of themselves, 
we start to be a little more free in how we proclaim His name, in the way that we worship, in the way that we manage our days. You know, one of the things that I do is um, I work in ministry, but I still am one of the few women who work at my church, and so I have very different boundaries on my time Mm. than some of the guys that I work with, because there are different things that are very important to me different family things and different things as a mom that I prioritize. And that looks a little weird for them that, you know, I would say no to an opportunity or I would need to make sure I'm leaving at a certain time to be able to be home with my daughter when she's home from school or things like that. And just knowing that, you know, the way that God made me, the way that he designed me not to be able to ever sing on key, but I also worship at the top of my lungs because I love music. All of this ways that He designed me, it might look a little bit weird to other people because it's not what they expect or not how God created them, but it is exactly how God made me. And when I can lean into that, there's just freedom in letting go of the expectations of what everyone else thinks that we should do or how our lives should look. All right, Crystal. So each week on the Bring Her Hope podcast, we share a story of God's redemption. But the goal with that is for people to not feel like they're alone in their story, but also we want to catapult and launch our listeners into stepping into the story that God's writing in their lives. So if we were to be coaches right now, what would you say to trying new things and following a sometimes scary call from God? And what does that look like? Or what has that looked like in your life? Oh, I love this. I love this so much. Okay, so one of the things that God has done in my life that's typically very scary for me is um, when I'm not being a good listener and I'm allowing uh, the noise of the world to to overwhelm me and I can't hear him. He has uh, definitely learned that he needs to take bigger, bolder action for me. So mm-hmm. there have been times in my life where I have he's been nudging me to say no to something, to resign from something, to leave something. And when I ignore it, because I like my comfort more than God's mission, uh, he steps in and closes that door for me. And so I have discovered that choosing to say yes to God's mission more than my comfort, and it's one of the values of our church, which I really love, but following God and taking those big, scary steps will be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. and there will be unknowns, and you will not be able to see the whole path. And just to trust that God does that on purpose, because He knows exactly what we can handle. He knows exactly which part of the journey He's calling us on we need to focus on, and He knows if He gave us the whole picture, we would try to rush to the end and get there without experiencing the blessings of the steps along the way. So my encouragement would be if you are facing something like that, where God is calling you into something new, He is opening a new door for you, just take the first step. Mm. You don't need to know the whole thing. Just trust that God has it. And surround yourself with women who will cheer for you as you take those steps, especially if there's somebody who has done something similar, who's a few steps ahead of you, having that encouragement and that motivation to keep going is so essential. So find you some community. Find you some women who want to be there for you and cheer for you and make sure you know that you're not alone on any part of the path. 
Absolutely. Great advice, Coach Crystal. Thank you. <laughs> we love it. Um, so I want to say thank you for your willingness to share just some of your journey with us and also sharing that journey in your new book, Quieting the Shout of Should. So I know that after listening to this podcast, there's going to be women that are going to want to grab your book. So where can they do that? You can find it, you know, the typical anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you typically buy your books, you should be able to find it. Perfect. And I also know that they're going to want to connect with you on social media. So how can they do that? It's one of my favorite places. So I really hope that happens. (laughs) The best way to connect with me is on Instagram. It's super simple. It's just at Crystal Stein. Perfect. And you are being extra sweet to us today. Maybe it's that that Hallmark town that you live in. I'm not sure. But you're doing a book giveaway with us. So we're excited about that. So and I'm super excited about it, too. I love I love giveaways. So yes. it's one of my favorite things. And I'm just so excited that we get to bless somebody like this. Absolutely. So if you are pumped as pumped as I know that you will be after reading this book, Quieting the Shout of Should, you can enter to win at bringingherhope.com. Well, Crystal, thank you again just for your time and your transparency, girl. We've had a blast together. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Absolutely. I just loved my conversation with Crystal today, and I'm sure that you did. She's the kind of girl that makes me want to go visit her sweet Hallmark town that she lives in and sit down and have a glass of sweet iced tea with her to chat more. There's so much wisdom and depth, but then transparency at the same time. I I loved our conversation. There was a little excerpt from her book that I wanted to read that I didn't get a chance to read into the interview, so I wanted to read it to you today. She says, you don't have to keep fighting to live up to the world's ideals. Quieting the shout of should will help us redefine our self-worth and embrace the abundant life that God has for us. Wouldn't life be more peaceful? Wouldn't it be more exciting to wake up every day if we didn't feel overwhelmed because we were trying to live up to a standard that we figured out based on an Instagram reel or a comparison from something from our Facebook account? I love the concept of stepping into who God has called us to be, exactly who he made us to be, broken and all. And I loved our time where we got to kind of have her be the coach of the day as she encouraged us, you know, if God is calling you maybe to be an author or to be a speaker or to be a teacher or whatever it looks like for you to just take that next step. Remember, he's got your purpose and your plan and your story all written out, but he wants to hold your hand. He doesn't want you to run ahead or run behind. He wants to walk with you. So I'd encourage you today, if you want a little bit of homework from me today, I want you to make a list and it needs to be small. It's literally just one thing. And that is in, if I'm saying this to you right now, and there's something that you feel like God is calling you to, and you're excited about it, but you're so overwhelmed because you can think of 20 things that you'd have to do. I don't, don't think about the 20 things. Let's do what Crystal invited us to do. What is the one next step that you can do? Trust that God has you. Trust that God will continue to guide you and direct your steps as it says in Proverbs. And have this anticipation of His goodness and His faithfulness in your story. 
Well, just a reminder, I know you guys are going to want to grab her book, Quieting the Shout of Should, and you can do that at all the places. We'll have the links in the show notes. But in addition to that, remember, we're doing that book giveaway. So if you want to enter, you can enter online at www.bringingherhope.com. I can't wait to share another story of God's redemption next time. But until then, keep living those brave stories for Jesus. I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the Bringing Her Hope podcast, Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption.